how are you? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Are we talking? Are you in Texas right now? Yes, I am. Yeah. How, how, how's the weather there right now? It's uh, it's pretty okay. I mean, it uh, was like a cold night, uh, but yesterday was in the 60s, so it was nice yesterday. Uh, today's going to be in the 40s, so uh, up and down, but um, sunshine. Otherwise, you know, it's it's, it's pretty nice. We had a, I'm calling uh, you from Des Moines, Iowa. We had a yeah. blizzard, a blizzard yesterday, uh, 12, 14 inches of snow some places. So <laughs> we, we don't really get that much snow in the last that I can really remember. But, you know, what we do, we're gone a lot. So I don't yeah. really remember the last time I saw 14 inches of snow. So it's kind of nice, actually, you know. That's yeah, it must be a nice uh, get the, all the bucks killed, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, um, hey, I wanted to, it's, a, it's an honor to be able to speak to you. Thanks for taking the time to, uh, in this day, to speak to me, uh, especially yeah, same in the Same to you. Same back to you. It's really an honor, uh, definitely. Well, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I think, I always try to think about what my show is about. and. I vowed long ago, early on in the game, that I would never, you know, do a podcast because I just felt, you know, being an artist, I guess, and I don't even really like that word, I just always feel like uh, people put me on guard and, you know, there's always an angle and (laughs) somebody's always going to get upset or maybe there's just something I don't want to talk about that probably needs to be talked about, but I'm not ready so I never wanted to do a show because of those things. So I always try to come up with things that interest me that would make me think, you know, of something with you. So I have this kind of like obscure, not obscure, but I just have this like concept I want to talk about because I don't think a lot of people these days really would be able to grasp. But you've been doing this a really, really long time and been doing it with several, you know, two great bands, you know, what you do and Merciful Fate and all these different things that, that, that go on and how long you've been doing it. I mean, what was it like when you started where, like, there were no iPhones? You, you didn't have the opportunity to take a picture of everyone that you met in a hallway at a hotel or what was yeah. going on backstage, or you didn't have a video camera that you could just turn on real quick and catch some action or someone eating shit on the, the ice out on the street, you know, you totally, know buses, yeah. buses didn't have pullouts. Um, either, so different, you know? Yeah. So it, I mean, it was so different, man. I mean, the, the beginning, uh, I was interested. It really was because I, I have a reason after you tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, uh, if I look back, uh, uh, my first concert, for instance, was in 1971, Grand Funk Railroad uh, with uh, the Hoople as support, you know. Some of those albums I would have only gotten access to through a library back then. I didn't have money to buy all these albums. I used all my allowance when I was a kid to go and buy albums. So, But I couldn't buy all of those I wanted. Uh, so I was totally into music early on, you know. I started recording my own sounds uh, on a reel-to-reel uh, tape recorder uh, before I could uh, ever play anything. You know, my first uh, very much in situation marks guitar was uh, a piece of wood with two nails in and an elastic band between. And I would record those sounds I could make with moving my finger on that with a microphone on this reel-to-reel. Completely primitive, ridiculous to listen to. It didn't sound anything like a guitar, but I was obsessed with the with, uh, the the raw guitar sound of Jimmy Page back then, you know, and uh, that was what I wanted to do. And um, going through all these different uh, stages of trying to record simple stuff that sounded nothing like it, ended up with me saving enough money to go buy an electric guitar and came back home with it and had no idea why I could make it sound like this. And then there was a neighbor that told me, you need an amplifier if you want to make those sounds. You know, I can help you build one. And then he built that and a little fuss box, you know. So suddenly I had like the, the red button on and off and then the black button 
That was the only two buttons, and there was the distortion, and it was always on, you know. I mean, it, that was the early days, uh, and then I started playing with a couple of school pals, you know, but uh, just just getting the info of a band coming to Copenhagen, Denmark, and playing, you would read uh, the English music, uh, Melody Maker, and stuff like that, newspapers. Uh, you would see uh, that they would go on tour. You would buy a magazine called Go Go or something stupid, you know, and uh, and in there you would look for, for tour dates if any bands were coming by. And then uh, it was your local newspaper you would look at to see uh, uh, the actual uh, uh, venues would uh, announce uh, if bands were coming by. Suddenly you said Black Sabbath or Deep Purple was coming by and it's like, oh my God, got to see that. So also, like I think I was 72, I saw um, the same concert that Lars Ulrich was, it was his first concert I had been for a couple of years going, you know, but um, uh, there was Deep Purple uh, and uh, touring the Fireball album, you know. Actually, they had just, they had not released uh, Machine Head, but they had uh, uh, Fireball, they were practically touring, but they played new songs from, from Machine Head, you know. And uh, I mean, there were so many bands came by Copenhagen back then. I saw uh, 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 Brian Johnson of ACDC playing with a band called Jordy, you know, that was not very known. I saw them three times live in clubs that held maybe 150 people, you know. Uh, so it, it got very suddenly he was in ACDC and all these crazy things that happened. And, but you couldn't get that instant information, you know. It was, uh, you saw in magazines that, oh, they've been out touring for a while. You just didn't know. You, you would try and keep up with all these magazines and newspapers and get it from England, you know, if you could. So uh, it was definitely different days and you know, lots of posters on your walls and all this. Uh, I, I've been the, the music fan my entire life and still am, you know, and it's uh, it's um, never lost that uh, that spark inside. You know, I so love it today. There's barely anything better than being on a stage, you know, uh, for me. Uh, that That's the way that it's, you know, and still uh, we are, now we are running both bands again and the uh, writing new stuff for, for two new albums that has to beat everything else we've done. We have to, and I know we can do it. Um, and, and then a lot of other new adventures to 5B, you know, that, that is starting. And, and because we are now with them, we, we, we see a lot of doors being opened that we never thought would be open for us, you know. Because we did everything ourselves uh, our entire career. It, it, we never had... We, we had help from... from Brian Slagle and, and Case Vessels, uh, Roadrunner and Metal Bay, you know. and But... but uh, we never had that professional, uh, what do you say, like uh, caretaking uh, that that we can feel now. Uh, how much uh, things are changing, how much uh, doors are being opened. Though. So we are not done yet, uh, that's for sure. Well, what about the <clears throat> what about the travel? What about the travel back in the old days when you would, you <laughs> know, you actually had a tour or something? The vehicles, the transportation. Yeah. How different was that than what it is these days? Oh, you know, we we bought an old. Uh, it sounds uh, kind of hip. There was a Mercedes van, but it could barely drive. Um, used, you know. Uh, I remember it was uh, blue, but you, uh, what you could see of it still. Uh, and uh, the first time we went to Holland to record the mini LP, uh, <clears throat> we were fighting over who was going to drive. Because we all wanted to drive the thing, even though it was like a 16, 18-hour drive. Uh, but that was because then you wouldn't have to sit with a Marshall amp on your lap all the way. So, And we had gear loaded on the top. It, it was horrible. And uh, when we started driving, we were actually uh, rehearsing at uh, uh, some some uh, rehearsal rooms right next to uh, Sweet Silence Studio where Metallica, we, we also recorded one album there, but they recorded two albums there. And... Uh, when we were leaving that place, uh, the people were standing there watching us uh, drive off. They said, you're not going to reach the harbor even, you know, because uh, that was like an hour and a half away. The wheels were just standing out. I mean, it looked horrible. We did make it, but when we came down there, we, they wouldn't let us into the to the country uh, because we didn't have a carnet. We had no idea what a carnet was. So uh, they said, well, you can come in here. You're just going to sell your gear in here. We're not going to allow that stuff. And we had to call the guy from the record label, and he drove, uh, I don't know how long he drove, to get to the border and then try and help us get it in and sign some special papers. And, you know, and then we went in there, and we stayed at a closed school where they had this big dorm room. We just stayed there. 
And uh, I think they closed the hot water and stuff. So we were just there with cold water, and that was it. For for two days, it took to record these four songs and mix them and everything. So that was our first lesson in, in just traveling a little bit. And then uh, we we were there recording, and uh, yeah, we had these two days. I had prepared all these bagging bowls that I later started using on, on Melissa and stuff like that. But couldn't use any more of it. Uh, the engineer told me I could use one extra. I could double my lead if I wanted. That was it. And total disappointment, you know. And then we started. Uh, Hank had special, uh, the guitarist had special ideas with uh, harmonizing with his, himself and guitar. And no time for that. Uh, he had gotten one shot at uh, the first solo of a song called A Course With Our Soul. Uh, kind of a long intro solo. And uh, the producer said, Okay, that one wasn't good enough, but I mean, uh, we can't keep going. You need to just put it down. You, you, this next one you do is going on a tape. That's the one we're using. So that that kind of pressure, you know, back then was just, uh, that was what it was like. We, we had nothing, you know, no money. And I think we got six days for Melissa and then maybe eight eight days for, for Don't Break the Oath. And uh, we were super happy because we could actually do some of these harmonies and stuff like that that we had planned, you know. So, um but yeah, it was it was a uh, rough driving. Eventually, you know, the first US tour we were in a mobile home that broke down constantly, you know. So uh, it, it, nightmares, absolute nightmares. When you finally got into a bus, it was also so old that nothing worked, you know. I mean, you no heat in the winter or whatever. It's just our first tour was was with, in the US was uh, together with a, a Canadian band called Exciter. And uh, it, it went so well that Motorhead was going to do a tour, uh, and they were looking for the support package, and, and they grabbed both of us, you know. So it was Exciter, Mutual Fate, and then uh, Motorhead, and that was the first uh, tour we did in '84 over in the US, which was very interesting with the mobile home and so on, you know. But uh, there was a good, a good. There was good times too because uh, Motorhead has always been very good to us. I have always had very high. Uh, Views of Lemmy, you know, he always been very, very nice to me, and uh, they helped us a lot in the beginning there, breaking through certain areas, and uh, so there was really good times as well, and some funny memories I can tell you. And uh, but yeah, that was the, the first time. That was also when we made Metallica the first time, as far as I remember. And uh, they came to our show in, in San Francisco. It was kind of funny because. It was uh, someone outside, Gene Corey was his name, a, a DJ uh, from San Francisco then, and he told us that there was a, a band with a Danish drum outside that would like to come in and say hi. Uh, they, they, they were called Metallica. None of us had heard of them, you know, it's just we didn't know what to think, but of course they didn't come in and say hi, you know, a Danish guy, uh, yeah, his name is Lars Ulrich, uh, okay. Uh, uh, his dad, he has, his dad plays tennis. His, uh, his name is, oh, that's Tom Ulrich. And we knew his dad from, from, from Denmark. He was a professional tennis player back then. And uh, so, yeah, he bring them in and stuff like that. And then that's when we started uh, talking to them and then got to become very close friends and all this stuff down the road. Yeah, so. but, but very good memories. Uh, I remember Kirk on stage knocked me over, uh, headbanging. They, they joined us on stage for the last song, you know, so uh, some, some special uh, introductions there. Yeah, but it was rough. I, I ask these questions because I always think in my journeys, you know, these days and any days that I try to make music, I'm always, you know, I'm always sort of like trying to capture something that I grew up with. It could be a sound, uh, could be a favorite album, favorite band, but, you know, that imagination, I would wait for my parents to leave the house so I could pull out my albums and just crank them up on my mom's stereo and just do my thing. So when I make music, I'm always sort of <clears throat> trying to find uh, that 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 heart that that I feel came from like. I mean, I I see a lot of kids today and a lot of people. They, there's just so much technology that makes it easier. Uh, yeah. to try and make a song, you know, in a room by yourself where your volume can be on headphones. And, you know, it's so yeah. interesting to hear you say that someone said, hey, I can help you make an amp. You know, that, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, <clears throat> yeah. That's, where, that's where it's all come from, and that's where it's all gotten away from. And I'm not going to say music 
music's subjective because, you know, it's for people, but music has had to have changed a lot because what has been offered to it, um, and I think what's been offered is a lot of efficiency, a lot of comfortable efficiency. And I always think to myself, like when I'm in my bunk in a bus, you know, I always have this ongoing joke, you know, with certain people. We might say at like 2 in the morning, I might roll out yeah. my bunk and look at someone and be like, you think King Diamond ever had this bus? Meaning like, we, 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 <laughs> know, we don't have any reason to complain because the people that made us want to do this they did it without even knowing, you know, that you could have a phone that could take a thousand pictures or video Absolutely. or weird apps or tons of magazines <laughs> or just, hey, I got a laptop. I'm gonna I'm gonna go look at some beautiful girls or I'm gonna go play Call of Duty. You know, I I right. admire yeah. I admire and so badly respect um Kind of getting off. One of my very favorite pictures ever in rock and roll is a picture of uh, David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. And if I'm not, I feel bad that I don't know this, but there's several pictures of it. But the one I'm thinking of is David Lee Roth, Eddie, and Alex. And I think it might be Eddie and, and Dave standing in front of an old school McDonald's and I believe it's the one in Chicago, potentially. And, uh-huh. and it's a blizzard out, it seems like. It's freezing. The snow's coming down. There's no tech. There's no security. There's no, yeah. there's no assistance. These guys walked in, got their McDonald's, yeah. loving it, and they're walking yeah. back to whatever vehicle, and who was ever at the vehicle took a picture of these guys, and every one of them looked more rock star than most people look today. I so badly love that, 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 that. I'm not saying people today don't wake up in the morning and worship music, because I know they do. Yeah. I just think there needs to be more it's time spent. Yeah, I, I think there needs to be more time spent on remembering that yeah. that music could occupy your whole day with Completely nothing meant. interfering with it, but you and your music. Whereas today, there's so much that can interfere with you trying to be you, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're trying to be you're trying to be too busy almost these days because, and you don't get. Uh, you're not allowed to actually spend that time that you really want inside because it, for, for me, like I also said, it's very much life, you know, that is uh, with this music. Like you said, where it all comes from, these things, the memories, you know, are so important. Music is one of the best uh, photo books you can get, you know, because uh, it triggers so many memories uh, when you start listening to stuff you haven't listened to for a while. Suddenly you remember all kinds of things that are still in there, but you need that trigger, you know. And, uh, for instance, you mentioned this with pictures, and you can't just take a phone, and uh, you couldn't do that back then. I still have my old Polaroids, I can tell you. I mean, from there was one tour where I burned my, my legs so bad. I was lying at a pool in in a motel somewhere, and the other guys had gone in to, to eat lunch or whatever, and I was I had fallen asleep. So I was lying there frying. And uh, when I woke up, it could, I could barely walk. And we had to continue the tour, you know. So I was playing with these burns. And the first night, I uh, I was uh, so burned that, that when you start sweating, my skin was full of bubbles with water from, from my body inside, you know. So I had blisters all over, legs, the chest, my face, everything. And I spent a whole night sitting, popping uh, these bubbles in, in a bathtub. Uh, with the makeup still on, you know, you came straight off stage and went went to the hotel and it's like, I look at myself, it's, it's crazy, what's going on? So I did that, you know, we got aloe put on and I have these old polarized of me uh, sitting in a bathtub uh, with with the needle and, and popping these things, you know, and uh, 
uh, walking on, on the streets of San Antonio, I remember, with uh, aloe on my legs and then powder put on them afterwards, you know, in shorts, which I rarely ever wear. Uh, just weird things, you know. And one of our friends back then, he had the bobcats in, in his backyard, and I'm standing there shaking paw with one of these. Completely idiotic, you know, but <clears throat> I have a picture of it, and the, these are these old Polaroids, you know, and on the buses, on the mobile home and all this stuff, you know, I mean, those are invaluable. Uh, I mean, uh, you can't put a price on those pictures for me, myself, you know, and take them out sometimes. I have them downstairs. I can go straight down and find them now, you know, and uh, know where they are. And sometimes they get out and sit and look at them and they bring such heavy uh, emotions out, you know, and, and uh, memories from back then. So uh, I actually, during uh, playing shows at that time when I was burned, I could barely walk, I can tell you. I filled my boots with water, with cold water, when we went on stage and walked around with, with water splattering out of them. And then whenever there was a short break, I would go into a shower and just dose myself with cold water and then fill the boots again with cold water. It was absolutely the worst tour I've ever been on. But uh, when, when it comes to that, you know, but uh, yeah, I have someone to document it too, you know, so... Well, those uh, Polaroid is my favorite uh, medium for uh, cameras. And I, I was thinking earlier on, um, I still shoot Polaroid mainly, and I'm actually always in talks with people about Polaroid, done a couple books. But when you earlier were talking about those reel-to-reel tapes with those that, that piece of wood with the uh, rubber bands, I was thinking, yeah. oh, my God. Like, you need to press that and then add it to some of your favorite Polaroids and release it because, I mean, I try to explain to kids today, you know, I'm 51 years old. I'm not old by any means or young by any means. But I try to tell younger kids that, you know, when they're on a platform and if the world's greatest artist were to put up a piece of art today and tell the world, I spent my whole life working to get this technique, and today it hit, and I created this, and I'm most proud of it. People today would just look at it, they'd push the like button, and they'd be like, what else you got? So (laughs) that's why I say, oh, my God, you know, for me it's not that, you know, obviously you can make money doing it, and obviously there's money to be made, but for me, it's priceless to think that you were so young putting together ideas of wood and rubber bands and actually somehow getting it recorded through a microphone on some adult reel-to-reel and that, you, yeah. you know, potentially you have that. So for a fan and a music lover and an artist, of course, I would listen to that because that's how your mind worked at that age. And I try to tell kids about, you know, Polaroids, just about how, you know, really nothing's original anymore. You know, everything in our head's been said, but at least a Polaroid is of the moment. You could scan it. You could take a picture of it. You could reproduce it, but you could never retake it. So I totally understand what you mean when you pull it out and – you can go from the age that you are now right back to that bathtub with the pain yeah. of those blisters yeah. and the horrible memory of that tour and be right back at it. Whereas I feel like people take so many pictures today, I don't even know if they go back and pay attention to what they have, you know? Exactly. Yeah. They, they might just have been taken in the moment and they've never seen again, you know? Uh, the, 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 these old things that... The, the, there's a mood and an atmosphere coming out of them as well as just what you're seeing. You can almost smell the situation as it was back then, you know. If there was a special smell attached to it, you know, if you, you remember, oh, yeah, that restaurant, that was, you can almost smell what that restaurant was like. Uh, so they, it it, uh, it becomes very vivid. It's just exactly, I mean, I have pictures that my dad would have uh, or clippings from playing soccer as an eight-year-old kid, you know. Eight, nine, ten-year-old. Uh, he would uh, cut out clippings from the newspaper, you know, uh, when they wrote something about us. And uh, it, it's it's uh, amazing stuff to to have and, and, and look at. And 
I, I had some of these ideas to to use some of this, you know, uh, in certain ways. There was a figurine that was made at one point, you know, and I was thinking, hey, if they ever do another one, I'll do one from from them where I could stand uh, as King Diamond and then hold two kids in one in each hand. One would be Missy from the story of them and, and con- conspiracy, and and the other would be myself as a kid. And then I would try and make it so that myself as a kid would look very much like on on these pictures where I was right, eight, right. nine years old. Uh, and then they could maybe get a clipping with them if they bought that uh, thing as a specialty next to it, you know. And uh, there's a lot of these things that, that come all the time. At the moment, yeah, I have a, a four-year-old son, you know, he's almost four. So, uh, and, and it's the best thing in my, my life you know, that, that that happened there, you know. And uh, he is getting a little interested in trains now. So we got him a train for, for electric, this Bachman train, you know, uh, for Christmas. And... Uh, it's fun to see how he's getting into it. I remember through that all of what I went through with my dad because he had built a giant set for me and my brother. And I remember how it was done and the, all the wires underneath this thing that could be flipped up into the wall and it wasn't used, you know, and just how much my dad did for us, you know, of, of these. He built a, a racetrack, electric racetrack, you know, and four people could drive at the same time. I, I remember the smell of, I think it was called NAFTA, that you would dip the rubber wheels in, you know, to make the car stick better. To, it was details, 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 but it was so cool, you know, because I, I still remember I, it. I can smell it still. I, I love, I know exactly what you mean by the smell. I, we, we used to have the, the AFX, uh, the AFX or the TRX or the TRC or whatever it was, but mainly the AFX racing cars. And back then, mm. you know, the tracks were electric, and yeah. the, 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 the tires were actually rubber, and you could yeah. buy larger rubber, and my friends and I would hold it. We would pull down the electro uh, metal things, pull them down more so we could hold the car up, and make them do stands, and we'd put the tires in bleach and literally smoke them, you know. And you could, I can still smell that, you know, even right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I know what you're talking about with the train, and especially Polaroids. Uh, I want to share, I want to just share one thing with you. I, when I was obsessed with taking a lot of Polaroids, I bought a land Polaroid on eBay once, and it came with a roll of film, but what it didn't say was that the roll of film was still in it. So when I got the camera, I was like, oh, the roll of, they, they put the roll of film in the camera. So I went yeah. out and I took a picture of somebody and, and or a plant, and when I pulled it, you know, it's a medium format Polaroid. When I pulled it, not only did it have the picture of the plant I took, but it had this lady standing in front of a Winnebago from the 70s, waving at the camera. Someone had taken a picture and forgot to pull it. And, like, Polaroid just blew my mind at that point. I was like, somebody had a double exposure, stuck it in a box. 25 Uh, years later, the clown gets it, takes a picture of a plant, and I can still smell it, like you say. You know, I can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the past is, I wish there could be more of those tangible items that yeah. worked your brain in a more yeah. cerebral way uh, than how easy they've made it today. Because I don't, I'm not dissing technology. Um, I'm just no, saying no, 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 no. it doesn't help us, it doesn't help us in the moment very long and that's what I worry about with music and yeah. art and sustainability you know yeah absolutely so, it, it, the, 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 those old ways add reality to to the, the realism is, is higher if you want to say that you know uh, looking back at it when you have these items or you can smell those things and you can uh, uh, I mean God, those things I sit with my dad. You know, he would he would be he was a member of a of a film club where he took little uh, short films, and he got some prizes just local, very local, you know. But but he was very into that. He did his own intro pieces with the little letters and stuff in his own local and all these things. And but he did one with, with me and my brother uh, where 
we might have been man, five and, and, and two or something like that, uh, maybe six and three, something like that, because we were able to understand what was going on. But but it was a, a little film called Nightmare. And uh, in that, we, we uh, got a beer. He had put the, the, the capsule back on the, the beer so it looked like it was fresh and new. And I opened that beer, and it was just some, some different stuff inside that was, of course, nothing, the alcohol in it. But it looked like we were drinking a heavy alcoholic beer, you know, and then we got all this, and then all these crazy things, all our toy cars started driving around in the train, and all these things, and we saw weird masks, uh, Halloween masks coming at us and stuff like that. So, and he got a prize for that one, you know, and I don't have a version of it. I think my brother might have one, but I wish I had that, you know, because uh, that would also be a fun thing for people to see. Me as like uh, six or seven years old, uh, playing in my dad's little uh, short movie called Nightmare. I mean, it's almost like you can see where it all comes from. It's right from the beginning. I was allowed to, to watch black and white TV back then, you know, there was no color uh, in the beginning. Not in our home, at least, you know, and uh, I was allowed to, to watch up till late. Uh, night. there was Frankenstein or Dracula, the old black and white, you know, with Bill of the Goosey and all these. It, it, and then go to bed. And then you go in there and you were... Uh, calling out if you can't open the door a little more, you know, because uh, you're sure there's going to be someone coming out from under your bed and do stuff. I remember <laughs> that so clear, so clearly that I, I was thinking those thoughts back then, you know, and all these things were fed from the beginning to me in some, not in, in any mean way, but just in a, in a in a nice natural way, you can say, where it was kind of healthy, but also uh, it that, that field was enhanced from the beginning, you know. Well, that's, that's what's interesting, I think, about, you know, like I've been studying a lot about just the simple fact of the word reward and how important the word reward comes into our lives so early. And unfortunately, humans may not have the right humans next to them when they need the right reward. But reward comes in many different ways. Like you're talking about, like, I have the similar thing where my mom would watch TV with me and then she'd fall asleep. And next thing you know, I'm watching Dracula, you know, and pretty much freaked out of my mind. But because I'm sitting there with my mom, somehow I'm safe, but I'm actually scared yeah. to death. Uh, you yeah. know, and that, that sounds like a morbid reward, but it's a reward into the journey and path of the artistic, uh, uh, um, I guess, road that I want to take in life. That all has something to do with it, um, those things. So that's awesome that your dad made that movie and won an award and that you're in it and that you contribute. And, again, that with the real-to-real stuff and some Polaroids just makes up who you are. You know, that, I guess that's what we've been getting into a little bit is there's so much that goes in it's kind of hard to think about what to talk to you about because, I mean, you know, it's 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 many decades and it's yeah. many, you know, you don't talk to many people every day who can say, hey, you know, James Hetfield is asking if he can come in and meet you guys, you know, and then yeah, yeah, here yeah. you say you become really good friends. That's, oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's the best stuff, you know, and um, Absolutely. I think people forget as they start utilizing technology today and how easy it is and maybe how quickly they can go over us, they can skip over us, and just how, how their minds don't understand how many things really are connected in a way that were so harder to make it easier today, you know, it's a, I don't know if I'm making sense of that, but I mean, that blows oh, my mind that you're doing a gig and Metallica is like, hey, can we come in and say hi, because we're, we're actually fans, and then you guys start hitting up a conversation about music, next thing you know, you're actually friends, and then you're taking Polaroids, and you're not taking Polaroids thinking you're going to do a Polaroid book, you're just taking Polaroids because you want to remember one day what it was like to yeah. be young and be friends. So I think more people today, as they're on their computers and doing their thing, need to remember uh, artists like yourselves and artists like Metallica and try to 
rummage into the very beginning days and just see how different life looked. It's not like looking at our parents and going, geez, look at my mom with that haircut. I mean, this no, is rock no, and roll no, no. we're talking about. You're right. And there was no efficiency. There were no buses with pullouts and satellites. And, you know, you had to do nope. this because you loved it. And I admire and respect that so much and wanted to, and wanted to say that. I totally feel all that, you know, and you can you can think about it with record stores, right? They're gone. I mean, practically gone. And back then, that's where I was hanging out as much as I could. I would take a, a bus or a train into the center of the city where the big record store was that got all the good stuff from England and the U.S., you know, and uh, that was, uh, I would hang out there. I would listen to whatever new stuff they had. Just the fact of, uh, I couldn't just press a button to hear the new uh, song by Black Sabbath or Deep Purple or whatever. It didn't exist. If there was a new album coming, I had to find it in an album, in a record store. And then I remember vividly, they had these uh, headphones. You couldn't put, they didn't put them on the, your head. You just pulled them out. They had this uh, uh, spiral uh, wire with them, you know, so you pulled a right one up with one hand and the left one up with the other hand and held them up to your ears. And after you were done with the first song, your arms could barely hold them anymore because you cut all the blood off to your to your hands practically. You're standing with this all tight up to your ears, you know. And uh, man, I mean, I stood there. The first Judas Priest uh, priest that I heard was uh, Sad Wings of Destiny. And in a not usual store, I didn't normally go there, but I was in there and I went through the albums. I would go by covers a lot, see if there was two guitars, uh, bass, drums, and vocals. It would probably be heavy. Uh, sometimes if there was a heavy organ in there, it was also good enough, you know, uh, to, to, I want to hear this. And I heard that, I was like blown away by it. And said, oh my God, this is so heavy. And they had released any other album. Yeah, there was one before that called Rock and Roller. They said, oh, did you know they didn't have it? They could order it for me. Uh, I don't know, I haven't heard it, but judging on this, okay, get it, you know. And then, uh, uh, got it uh, weeks later, maybe a month later, I know. But um, it, it was just like, you know, you would stand there with an album in your hand and you would look at the pictures and that was how you would get the interest uh, of whether to ask the guy to put it on for you. And then you would stand there and I would stand there. I sometimes listen to a whole album and my arms were about to fall off. You know, I mean, it was so painful. But uh, that, was, that was the thing, you know. And then you bought the album and you took it with you back home to listen to it on your own system. And uh, that was then another new experience, you know, because uh, and the, the, the first three vinyls, I mean, I had listened to other stuff on a cassette deck and stuff like that. But I would, uh, uh, the, the first three vinyls I ever bought was uh, Deep Purple Fireball, uh, Black Sabbath, uh, Master of Reality, and then uh, Jethro Tull, Aquilon. Those were the first three that I brought with me home. But I already heard the first Black Sabbath and the second Black Sabbath, but the, the others had just come out. Then the fourth album I got was uh, the first album by Wishbone Ash, which was really, it's quite heavy, actually, the very first one. And uh, still have the, the original cover and all that from it back then. I have a, a nice collection of all the original covers with special inserts and stuff that you you, you could not get after four or five years. You know, they were stopped, they stopped producing them that way. So I have a lot of very cool stuff to, to show someday, you know, uh, in the right environment. So... Um, yeah, even that, I mean, is, God, it's uh, antiques now, you know, and they play still. I played some of them uh, recently, you know, and it's, uh, they still play. It's really cool. <laughs> uh, the, the sound that you get on the vinyl, though, it, it doesn't give you as much as you can get out of it. A compact disc, you know, is what I listen to these days. I always uh, listen on, I had these uh, barefoot speakers. Uh, there's, I think they're 1,250 watt per size. You know, they have five units in them each, and they have five amps in them each. So there's an amp for each. There's no crossovers practically, so they are perfect. The, there's no, uh, if you look at the schematic of, of, of frequencies, there is no up and downs. It is straight as an arrow. You know, it, it's per, the perfect uh, response you get. If an album is badly done, it sounds real bad on them. But things that I will make, they sound incredible so i only listen to music on those i have a smaller pair down in my living room you know but uh, have these nice ones in here and they, they, this special studio room i have here i have one chair in there so it's totally eagle eagle room it's uh for me to sit there and suck it all in you know 
So uh, it's it's um, it's very good to listen to all the old albums that way. And uh, just I still do it, man. I mean, big time. Sometimes I have a friend over who take turns on the floor and then sit and listen and talk music and be real. Yeah, I just recently, I just recently, uh, we built a house out by a lake. I'm a lake guy, so uh, yeah. I had somebody gave me an idea of putting some speakers in the ceilings because you can connect the phone to the network, <clears throat> you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But anyway, yeah. what I like, what I like about it is that what sold me on it was that I could put the speakers in each room. And then yeah. on the network, I can select each room. So if I'm doing chores, laundry, cleaning the kitchen, you know, just doing dog stuff, whatever, with my dogs, yeah. I can, like, walk from one room to the other room and, like, everything's still at that volume and I'm staying yeah. within that space because that space is what yeah. helps me get things done. So, you know, there are a lot of things with technology that, that do make it fun still and, 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 and Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Most of the albums I bought, I literally would sit in record stores and stare at the album covers, knowing that the band approved it, knowing it had something to do with what was on the inside, something about the controversy they were going to be talking about or, or the drama. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, I can't ever really remember buying an album over artwork that I actually wanted to take back or gave away. I usually nailed it um, because it just seems that's how tied in everything was with the music. You know, you'd, you'd have a photographer who would listen to the theme and really do their best to capture what you're thinking and you know everything was all into to the idea, you know. And uh, yeah. um, I miss that a lot, you know. I miss I miss that sort of effort into making it. You know, I still wait for my family to leave so I can crank the stereo up as much as I possibly can. But it's a little <laughs> bit different than when mom and dad would leave and I'd bust that album out. And it seemed like something I really had to figure out. I'm not saying it's not like that, but maybe I'm just older. But I do love all that old stuff for real. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm still stuck there with, with a lot of the things, you know. Uh, but I, I was never that much into technology in, 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 in with the, the phones and all this stuff and the computers and this and that. I have to 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 learn some of it for Pro Tools, of course, you know. But uh, uh, it's uh, it's always been a thing like ah, it's, my wife can do that, you know. Uh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? You know, and it's like okay, I uh, fill my brain with other things, you know. <laughs> so it, and there is a lot of of stuff after all these years that I've been still put in there, you know, too, and and has to have a space where where it can be quickly brought out, uh, so I can use it. So. But yeah, I, do, I really enjoy those speakers that I have sitting there. You know, the, the, it's still like the old days, but I never heard anything that sounds that good. You know, and Andy, the, the guitarist, came down and he has a studio in Sweden. He he has the same speakers over there, and uh, so we we are very much uh, lined up with each other, so we can send stuff. To him. I know what he will hear over there when I say, hey, you know, that frequency there is not really coming out right, uh, and he will listen to, oh, you're right, yeah, and we know what we're talking about. And we can hear everything very clear on these things, you know. So uh, it's just been helping us a lot to have that uh, donation and that same equipment, you know. And he said, once once you get those speakers in your house, you will never go back to anything else. You can't. And he was very right in my case, man. At least, you know, it's like, good God, here they are. The handmade in California. And uh, I think it's up in Portland or something like that. But really, really soon, man. I just bought some speakers. Uh, uh, I believe they're Genelax. I'm not sure though what, yeah, what they yeah, are. Yeah. I'm bad with names and remembering all these things, but uh, yeah. I have a little studio down in my my house, and these speakers actually they they sort of like take take in the frequency of your room, 
and all the stuff yeah. you have in your room kind of analyzes it and kind of tells you, uh, you know, where it's lacking or where where yeah. space is too much, and it helps you make adjustments. And yeah. that's helped me uh, because I got a lot of hearing loss and hearing damage. So uh-huh. I always have to try to accommodate myself somehow to make yeah. it to make it pleasant to work on music instead of like where can where it can hurt, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you you also have to be sure that you don't go wrong, right? With it when you when you uh, do stuff, you know, sonically, you know, that you, that you know that when you present something to the other guys or whatever that it's like, hey, you know, it sounds good. So that's a great help to have. Well, that's the main that's the main reason why I got them was to be able to, you know, my ears hear one thing in the room, but you know, no. I I don't claim to be an engineer at all. I just barely can get by. I go for good levels, and that's it. You know, I go for good tone, good levels, yeah. whatever. And then I give it to the next person that knows more about it. But you're absolutely right. A lot of times in the past, I'd be like, what the hell is this? You know, like, this isn't what I did. Uh, but now yeah. now I'm a little bit closer to being able to uh, keep that um, communication straight, like you were saying um, with your friends. So, so before we um, – I really enjoyed this, man. I, again, like um, – Hey, the same. Thanks a, lot for, uh, thanks a lot for just taking time to uh, out of your week just to say hello to someone you don't know. Uh, but before we go, I mean, what? Uh, this, this is pleasure, man. This is pleasure. This is good. It's a, like uh, this is a good stuff to sit and talk about too, you know, and a good way to get to know uh, each other. Uh, yeah, from nothing. It's not 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 better, but from nothing, you know. And it's it's been really been a pleasure for me. Well, thank you. And I, I, I generally, for me, I'm, I'm better that way because I get really nervous with people, uh, mentors, people, uh, artists. I get nervous in the physical sense, uh, you know, because I, I just like to build life off of respect and love and these sorts of things. So yeah. I appreciate it when you say that, you know, we can get to know each other off of nothing because that's really – Yes. That's really what I feel like all of us can do in the world is like, yes. hey, we could just pick up a conversation and then all of a sudden, hey, this is pretty cool. We'll get to know each other yeah. and, and yeah. something will continue from it. And that's what's Absolutely. really exciting. Um, so thank Absolutely. you for that. Uh, but before we go, same. I wanted to say uh, to you. I was going to bring up your child, but uh, congratu- congratulations, uh, you know, having a, a child. And I'm sure – at your age and after all you've done, I'm sure it's just the joy of your life. I had a similar circumstance. Our son is now 17 years old, so it's been a while. Oh, yeah. But he he was, uh, you know, he was a pleasant surprise, and I was much older when he came in, and it was a much different experience for me. So uh, have a lot of fun with that. But uh, what what before we go, what um. What are some of the things you have on the docket? What are some of the things you guys are doing or what are you doing right now? And as long as the world permits us all to do what we can do, what are you planning on doing? Well, there's a lot in the works right now. You know, we I'm writing with Hank from Little Fate and writing with Andy uh, for King Diamond and writing on my own for King Diamond. Uh, uh, For King Diamond, it's... uh, an album that's uh, going to be called The Institute, uh, which is part one of two. Uh, there'll be two full albums uh, that'll be completing that full story. Uh, as the title says, it's going to be some creepy, weird uh, stuff, you know. And um, for Mercy, I also have the title there, but I'm not giving it out to anybody at the moment. We have the front cover for the new Mercy, too. It's very... Uh, very correct, very right from his own fate. It's very back to basics. Uh, for my part, with, with both Mercy and King Diamond, even more King Diamond, I would say uh, all vocals are going to be lead vocals again, like they were in the old days for me. It didn't matter if it was a choir singing on the right or the left side or whatever. They would still go in and pick up parts of the 
lyrics to progress the story and so on, you know. So it's going to be anything goes with the vocals for sure. Uh, back to the old style, old days. And for Mercy too, it's going to be very old fashioned. You know, Hank is writing very uh, like much like the old days. And uh, it's nice to, to feel that we can capture that again, you know. So that that's uh, two albums that are being worked on. Um, that uh, will be done by the time we can go out and tour again, I'm sure. Um, and then there's a lot of other things uh, through 5B, you know, we're talking about there's a graphic novel we just signed a, a deal for to put Abigail into a graphic novel. And uh, um, it's a really good company. Uh, I have high, high hopes for, for how that's going to turn out. And uh, there's a lot of other projects that go into that mix too. We're going to talk to People, we have a, a great relationship with Super 7 and their action figures and stuff like that. And I think they might be uh, involved in it in a very special way that we are talking about at the moment. You know, uh, I can't say exactly because we, I don't know if they are. I'm sure they'll be interested. Uh, but we have some very good um, ideas to put all these things out together. And then there's a whole different thing, you know, I mean... Uh, like we just sat and talked. There's so many. I, I, I could talk for weeks or months, you know, about uh, just the way that musicians live their lives, uh, what have been experienced, how many times I almost died, how many times uh, I uh, did this and that, you know, weird things, good things, how much uh, occult stuff I experienced. There, there's so much, you know. I mean, uh, my experiences with Anton Santa Fe or whatever. There is so much to talk about. And I've talked to, to Justin a lot about these things, if I be, you know. And, and uh, now we want to try and do something that is very unique uh, for me anyway. I, I was like you said to me in the beginning, I don't really want to do that kind of things, you know, because I don't feel comfortable. I could never teach myself to do this, but actually I can when I think more about uh, it in a special way. Um, to do something on Twitch that would be almost like, okay, let's meet uh, a couple of times a week. Uh, it's like having friends over. You can ask whatever questions you have. Uh, we can sit and talk for them back. Uh, I'll play some old songs of some of my old favorites that you might never have heard and talk some more about these things. And then I'll play some video games for you because I do that a lot to escape uh, reality kind of or the everyday business life, you know. I play a lot of, of like, you know, Battlefield 1 and uh, Forza uh, 7, you know, the racing games, Saga, FIFA Saga, uh, what is it now, uh, they're called uh, Far Cry, or oh, what's the other one that is uh, uh, post-war, uh, you know, oh, what is that big one, man? Fallout, of course, I played all. all yeah, Fallout. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too good with the. I'm a World of Warcraft guy. <laughs> but I'm, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but still, you know, like uh, people like to see people play video games. I didn't know that, and I use it as as a relaxation. So why not put that into the whole system? And then I look at it as if it's almost like instead of writing an autobiography. Uh, I'm kind of like laying it out uh, to where let's experience it live together, you know. Then you can ask questions. So people can ask questions, you know, and uh, we can talk about things together. They can write all kinds of stuff that, that they might have experienced or whatever, and I can comment my thoughts. And Because uh, there is so much other stuff that I did uh, than just music as well, you know, just the way music gave me other experiences. Uh, I go to all the indie car races that I can. I'm at love cars. I love the uh, raw cars too, you know. And uh, go to the races I can. And, uh, I've seen all kinds of, of, of races. And uh, it's like heavy metal when you stand and see these cars come by. Uh, the sound is so brutal, you know. It's like, if I if, if it was normal to put car sounds on, I would uh, go and record the exhaust sound from my own car. It is so loud and brutal. And um, it would fit perfectly into heavy metal, but I it would be too abnormal, you know, I guess. So, uh, but that's, that's just different feelings about other stuff, you know. I mean, it's, um, that, that those are things yeah, that, that I enjoy a lot uh, when I relax, you know. So maybe we'll do some of that stuff. We're looking into it at the moment of, of getting hooked up, hooked up and, and do uh, uh, like an autobiography live as we just go. It becomes a program. We can uh, listen to some great uh, little-known songs 
from from the past, you know, and uh, that I can dig up and uh, I can show a lot of things. My my autographs from Tin Lisi, you know, I met them once at a, at a Blue Oyster Cult show in Copenhagen. I think it was 1976 that I went in to see Blue Oyster Cult. I had seen Tim Lisi three days earlier play a hard rock cafe in Copenhagen with Will Phil Leonard, you know, and uh, then come in there to Blue Oyster Cult and uh, Tim Lisi had stayed in, in, in Copenhagen. And they were sitting there at the bar, and I came up there and talked to them. They were super nice. And uh, I got their autographs on a flyer that they gave you when you came into the Blue Articles show. They gave a flyer that had the Blue Articles, uh, I guess, uh, biography or something like that on and their, their, their discography. And so I took that and ripped it in half, and they used half of it for, for signing their autographs on, you know. So I have Bocci's autographs from old days, and then Peter Gabriel's from Genesis. I saw them uh, back in '74. Uh, Genesis, big inspiration for for what I do on stage. You know, uh, Peter Gabriel with Genesis, the old days. Unfortunately, I was the only one going there. I, we were usually a, a clique of five, six people who were going to see all these concerts. But uh, that one, no one. Ah, it's not heavy enough for us. Oh, you don't know the old song. Are you crazy, man? The musical box and Return of the Giant Hawkweed or whatever it was. There's some cool old Genesis songs, you know, that are. Really quite heavy and, and very intricate, you know. Uh, so I went alone and saw it, and it was unbelievable. There's another thing, like you thought about, uh, there was no security with with, with the, the Van Halen guys there, that, that Polaroid picture there. And when I went to my first concert there, I was 15, I think. I was allowed to go alone. I went to that concert, uh, maybe with one friend, but I walked three miles to a place called the KB Hall where we played ourselves recently. Uh, I saw Metallica there once when they uh, they had just released the Black Album. Last I went into their soundcheck and last uh, asked me suddenly when we sat there and talked in the hall, said, "You want to hear something of the new album?" What you have it here? Yeah, we're playing from it. Like, uh, then he asked his sound guy to play uh, in the same band over the PA. I was like, I'll never forget it. It just blew my mind, you know. So. Uh, there's a lot of these cool. So this is a very special concert hall, you know, where I saw my first concert too, Grand Funk Railroad, and uh, and I walked there three over three miles at night and walked back uh, close to midnight alone with maybe one friend that was also 15. No problem. It was safe enough. My parents said, "Let's do that," you know. And now I can't believe it that it was possible to do that to walk uh, through the night. I'm hearing what you're saying, and I, you know, I know what Twitch is, and I know what, you know, I know what people do, and things like that. But I think it's incredible that someone like yourself, again, who's been around for for a while, uh, just just the stories. But what I'm taking from this is a little. What I'd like to share and offer people that are listening to this is that yes. You know, you can offer stories. You can, you know, you can use names that people recognize that will interest them. But what's really interesting here, what I'm hearing is that what rock and roll allowed you to learn, fall in love with, have opportunities to do and create because of the wonderful life of rock and roll that you'll be sharing on the Twitch as well. So I think I think more of what's going on in music these days, which, you know, music's music. It's just going to change its face every second of the day until, you know, there is no more reality. Um, but I do think, I think it's super important, even though the colors are a lot grainier and darker and things are hard to understand because people look different. But there's a mentality of love and soul that went into the ability to say, I'm not going to go work here because something in rock and roll and these albums has pushed me to go this way. And the next thing you know, you're doing it in front of people. It's a lot different these days. You know, you can, yeah. it's just different. So I think what you're going to yeah. do uh, here when you decide to do it, it's going to be very beneficial for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, that really love what you do are going to be super happy to be able to take glimpses into your reality, whether they be Polaroids or stories or just some sit there and, and, and bullshit about a, a, a story 
that they want to ask you or listen to a song. So, man, that's like, that's the coolest thing I've heard all month. So I can't wait to uh, check that out myself. So that's really cool. It, it, that, 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 that's why you actually get some good stuff out of, of the, the technology, right? As, as well, because I never thought I would be able to do anything like this. And uh, I don't have to be the one that knows all the te- technology behind it. You know, I just have to be the uh, the, the the lighting rod or something that where things can go through, you know. Yeah. So it's going to be I mean, fun, that, you know. It's going to be like having friends over. That is what, that's, I mean, that's the best way to say it. Anyone who knows me, they know that I have a weird energy, and basically I destroy anything I touch. But it's because, <laughs> it's just because, like, you know, like, I'm looking at this heater that's in my room right now, and, like, normally I just, I just pick it up without thinking about it. You know, it could be plugged in the wall. Next thing you know, I break the outlet or, you know, but, but, but that is what is great about technology. Like I hate it because I don't understand it. It doesn't fit good in my hands and I don't know how to run it. And I usually break everything, but, (laughs) but for people that are manual like us, I mean, all the years of chord progressions and vocals and retrying things and perfectionism. Um, I don't like to use, use the word failure, but maybe we'll use the word disappointment. All these things that come hand in hand with making our craft and our art, yes. you know, they're important to share, especially for those who have been around way longer than people that come in and are out in like less than two years and get all the hype. So yeah. I'm very looking forward to what you can offer, but it's super important to be able to introduce all of that, the, those rubber bands, the, the real, the real, uh, albums, um, walking at night. I mean, think about it. You just, you nailed the most perfect thing to sort of talk about. I don't normally talk about what's going on in the world because there's just so many people that are suffering and it's so hard to take, it's so hard to take an opinion because there are people that are hurting and there are people that have died. So it's very touchy, but like you said, your parents allowed you in the middle of the night by yourself under age to walk to a rock and roll show. And it was yeah. cool. And yeah. no one in their right mind would let their child walk a far distance in the middle of the night to a rock and roll show these days. So it is important, I believe for someone like yourself to be able to share those stories uh, because we may be able to obtain some of those trusts back because everything does come back around and we need to be, we need to remind ourselves of some of the easier things that can be obtained. So, Hey man, much of a pleasure. I don't want to take much up of your day. Have fun with your I really appreciate what you guys are doing too. You know, I mean, your your music and what you've done, uh, you, you have so many layers in your music and your presentation uh, of your stuff. It's so aggressive. It's so becomes beautiful. Suddenly you have, you have hit a special, Thing. Of course, you know that yourself, but you hear a special thing that is you guys uh, unmistakably when you hear it, you know, which is very important. It's not so often people can do that uh, these days with bands, you know, come in and create something that is totally you and you can hear that it's you when you, you don't think, oh, it's just one of all the others, you know. So that's something well, that you should definitely, you, you have high respect uh, from here, with how you do your stuff, you know. That means uh, that means uh, an awful lot coming from you. Thank you so much for that. We uh, we try our best. We love our fans. We love our music. We're gonna have to do some shows together. Um, I yeah. know you're talking to Justin stuff, so that's not gonna be a problem. But man, I would yeah. love I would love to meet you in person and sit down and listen to some old music and talk about some old days. Oh, it would be, be great, really man. fun is if we knew we were going to be in the same place doing a show together, it'd be cool to to get like 10 albums a piece and just talk about the artwork and how that inspired us to, to open up that album and actually like fall in love with it because of yeah. the vision that was on the outside. I mean, for example, oh, for yeah. me, let's both tell one. For me, an obvious one is, you know, Scorpions, you know, Blackout, you know, forks, you know, just crazy art. 
all kinds of oh, metallic yeah. art. You know, yep. what, give me one album that really just blew your mind before you even listened to the music. Well, because I was so interested right from the early age and in the in the dark side, you can say uh, Black Sabbath's first album and the stories about it being a real witch standing out there in the woods, you know. Um, it just had a feel. It absolutely had a feel with me that I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, see, uh, exactly. Uh, I don't know. And then next thing you know, you dig in your pocket and there it is. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is on your turntable, yeah. I think it's very important for all artists who are doing great um, because they're artists. You know, it's just, it's awesome to reminisce the past because the past really created uh, some fundamental um, stepping stones that have been forgotten. So I look forward to speaking with you again. Um, I'm sure we'll meet each other. Let's definitely do some shows. And, man, you just have a great day and enjoy your family and just keep uh, being safe. And you too, you stay safe, you and your family, man, big time. And look forward to meet you very much. Have a great evening, and we'll see you later. You too. Take care, man.